This is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Woo! He now rocking with One Nation Radio. Welcome to the program. Woo! James Boy, Richard Ladder, and a couple friends. Chill. With the show for your wrestling needs. Shopping off the wrestler, the IWC. We gon' tell her how it is. We gon' shoot from the hip. Wow. If they putting out trash, we gon' rip from the bitch. Make sure that you tweet us and you rate the shows. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Now let's get it on the road. Hey. One Nation Sports. One Nation Sports. One Nation Sports. Welcome to One Nation Radio. And now, here are your hosts, Rich Latta and James Boyd. And thank you for listening. SocialSuperFlex.com. BWB, what's up? One Nation Radio. James, what's going on, man? Not too much. Just, uh, I don't know, man. There's so much stuff. Like, I'm just, uh, it's almost like, what do you call it? Like, almost like detoxing off wrestling. Just to get these last few days without wrestling. Yeah, um, it's, you know. it, it's been, you know, usually after WrestleMania, uh, like, we've gone on, like, long hiatuses after. Uh, we did, like, Have our... We? Our, like if we look at the archive, I think like last year, for example, like we took like a couple weeks off until the next pay per view, and I think we did oh. the year before that too, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, after we did the WrestleMania show, who knows if we're going to do that this year? But um, there has a, a lot has happened over the the week and everything else that's going on with Morinello. Like there's a you know we got a lot to get to, uh, but first. Uh, Reflections on the trip to Orlando, James. Uh, we were in attendance for Revolution Pro Wrestling. Uh, we went to WrestleCon, uh, the NXT uh, show, as well as the Jim Ross show. Uh, you know, what you would you uh, think of the trip, James? A lot of fun. Um, a lot of driving. Um, not much sleep. A lot of a lot of good wrestling, a lot of bad wrestling. Um, or no, I wouldn't say a lot of bad wrestling. I'd say a lot more good wrestling than bad wrestling. Uh, yeah, uh, a lot of um, surprises along the way. I mean, uh, like obviously you run into a wrestling, you on to WrestleCon, and you see you know all the people that are you know there's going to be people there, but it's another thing like you almost like stumble across people. Yes. So. You know, that's always, that's a big thing. Well, also, you look around, you're like, oh, shit, it's Earl Hebner. Oh, shit, it's Tony Atlas who just walked up on me and handed me a card out of the blue. You know? Yeah. Um, and then it's like, hey, it's like, in, like, turning each other to uh, look at the person. It was like Eric Bischoff. I turned you in look looked at, like, like yeah. look, <laughs> it's him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, it's, so it was, uh, it was, it was, it was a overall fun experience. I say it's overall positive. Um, I'm still trying to catch up on some of the sleep I lost. Right. Um, I'm, I'm catching a bit of a, of a, I have a, a bit of a bug right now, but, um, other than that, you know, I have no regrets. Right, right. <laughs> I guess the way to put it, I have no regrets. No regrets. I, I will say for anybody that, that goes to a WrestleMania weekend and plans on hitting a bunch of indie shows, I suggest that, uh, you make sure that you have it paced out to where you can get as much rest as you can, and you also make sure you stay hydrated. Otherwise, you will almost feel like leaving after Vegas. Yeah. Where you just feel like 
the, the whatever time, the week or the weekend that you spent that in this area, which is just basically like overwhelmed you. So, um, so if we go to another WrestleMania, maybe next year in New Orleans, uh, I will definitely take I'll de- definitely take this as a learning experience. Yeah, um, when we we first got there on Friday, uh, we went to the Rev Pro show. Uh, got to meet a couple wrestlers there. It was just uh, you know Josh also went, went with us. Young boy Josh Smith. What up, Josh? Uh, the the first as soon as we get in the building, like Marty Scurll walks by and Josh marks out. Um, yes. <laughs> and then immediately I look to my left. I'm like, oh shit, there goes Tessa Blanchard. And then you know just just more folks. It's just just as the weekend kept going on, like um, ended up you know we watched that show. A lot of people on that show. Um, it was uh, my buddy Martin Stone was on the show. What up, Martin? Uh, also, uh, Ricochet was on that show. Uh, yep, Zach Mike Sabre Elgin Jr. was on that Elgin. show. Jeff Cobb was on the show. Um, let's see, Pent- was it Penta? What is Penta's any name? It's like Penta OM. Yeah, yeah. Phoenix Will Osprey was there. I, I didn't even realize Osprey was there. Um, like, I forgot Osprey. Yeah, and then also um, your boy there was there too, uh, Zach Saber Jr. Yeah, booed out the out the gymnasium. Yeah, some people were cheering, cheering for him though. Um, you know, I, I I went up ahead and uh and got me a ricochet shirt and talked to him briefly. You know, uh, it, it, it was cool to see him and just like you know, uh, just just be able to express like my my gratitude to him for what he's doing for wrestling. I feel like you know pushing it forward stylistically and also you know holding it down for the brothers. You know, so I made sure I let him know. You know, we appreciate uh, what you're doing out there, and you know. That good old tribalism, huh? Yeah, you know, uh, and later, you know, when I ran the Harlem Heat, you know, after that, you know, I made sure uh, I let Book know, you know, but uh, we'll get to that in a, in a minute. Um, who else? Look, I was, uh, I was watching a a YouTube, I was on the Instagram feed of this uh, channel, I forgot, I, I would give a shout out to the channel, I can't remember the name of it, but they just basically take all of the, uh, like, cut-ups of different promos uh-huh. And they showed uh, Booker T before he went to fight like uh, Bad Bash to Beach ninety eight. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, yeah, ninety eight to go against um, Bret Hart. I think Bret Hart. Yeah, right. And then and then he comes out or whatever. I'm like, my God, like you forget, like Booker T was like jacked. That dude looked like an absolute star. Like, bro, he should have been the champion in ninety eight. Like at some point. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Um. Yeah, uh, I also uh, ended up talking to Michael Elgin real quick, briefly. Uh, I felt like he hustled me. You know, I got worked like a mark. But um, what do you mean? You know, when I walked by him, like it was like he kind of called out to everybody walking by him because like nobody noticed he was there. And then I was like, "Y'all don't realize who's standing here right now." And then I talked to him, right? And then I was looking at these shirts that were on his table. I was going to grab a New Japan shirt, and he was like, yeah, don't even look at that shit. Pretty much like in a joking manner. Because, you know, it's a New Japan shirt, there's a Michael Elgin shirt right next to it. Right? So I was like, oh, well, I, w- I kind of want to talk to him. Alright, I'll get the Elgin shirt. Or whatever. So I picked up the Elgin shirt, and then, you know, I talked to him. And he was trying to sell me a DVD of, like, him against, like, his first indie match. I was like, nah, I'm straight. Like, <laughs> his first indie match? Yes. I was like, I was like, no, nah, I'm straight. But I was like, I'll do the t-shirt look, though. Like, look, I'll do. Look, how about this? If you when you you put up a DVD on the matches you did this weekend, then I'll go cop that. 
<laughs> so like, like you don't know that that liable that's liable to sound to be anything on that, right. on that damn DVD. Right. And I think Matt Riddle was on the DVD too or something. I don't know. It was uh-huh. weird. But um, I ended up talking to him. You know, I told him. You know, his uh, Tokyo Dome match with Naito was was, was great. And he just was very thankful, and you know, a lot, all the wrestlers were like, you know, obviously, like we're 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 like in a position to meet them, so they're probably going to be nice to us because we're like paying them for merch and stuff right. like that. But all Absolutely. the wrestlers were super, like, super just welcoming and, and friendly, and realizing that you know we're in a position like like we follow them, we document them, we go to these shows and support them. And it seems like they're really thankful, like, for that. Because, obviously, you know, that's their living is through us. But at the well, same time, it just felt pretty well. Like, you got to think, like, this is their biggest shows of, the, of, like, the year for a lot of those dudes. I mean, aside from, like, you know, the Ricochets and the, the Elgins that are in the Tokyo Dome, right? Right. But a lot of those dudes, like, this is their bit. I mean, most of the American indie wrestlers, this was their biggest weekend. Yeah. Unquestionably. Yep. So... Like, they're going to be grateful, and this is the time where, you know, they got to be quote-unquote on. Like, granted, it's going to be a little different when they're, you know, they're working at some place that has, like, you know, less than 500 people. Right. Or, you know, or have some, or they're working, you know, a bar. We've been, I mean, we were we were in a bar for Rich Lawn's last indie uh, day, right. remember? Right. So. He was cooled in, too, though. So, I mean, whatever. Well, I mean, at that point, it's like, all right, well, at least they showed up. Right. Right? Right. Um, they're like, and when we got to WrestleCon, like I said, um, before, you know, got to meet Harlem Heat and Booker T, I was damn near tearing up, like, telling Booker, like, what he meant to me, like, watching him, you know, all those years or whatever, uh, and ended up taking a picture with him. Uh, Teddy Long was hilarious. I marked out when I saw Virgil. Uh, I don't know. It was strange because it caught me off guard because we came around the corner. I was like, oh, shit, that's Virgil. And then he heard me or whatever and, like, nodded at me. And then I ended up, like, bumping fists with him. So uh, that was cool. Was there anybody uh, over at WrestleCon that you kind of, like, you know, caught yourself when you saw? Uh, well, I, I, like I said, I was, I was really almost like dumbstruck when like I was walking, you know, cause it's sort of, you know, crowd, everybody's walking, getting their way. It's almost like, um, it's almost like, it's almost like you're walking on a busy street, but it was like wrestler zoo. It, it was, <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. And somewhere in captivity behind their, you know, almost like in captivity when they're sitting behind their table, others are actually walking. So like. When you pointed out to me, like, you look to my right, and I see Eric, I'm, like, literally, like, less than three feet away from Eric Bischoff. I'm like, okay, that's weird. They're like, that's, yeah. not a, that's not a normal thing, right? And then, as I said earlier, the, uh, it was so weird where it was like, wait a second, like, Tony, like, this dude walks up on me and, like, handed me a card and said, check out his book. I'm like, wait a second, isn't that Tony Atlas? And he just, he just keeps <laughs> moving as he handed it to me. And I was like, wait a second. Are you a little bit too like famous or whatever? Yeah. You, like you know, it is like oh regular regular ass me. Just right. hand me hand me some. And um, I will say though, I think one of my favorite uh, dumbstruck moment was it was funny because I actually wasn't even close to him. So Flair had came out to the uh, like by the speaking area when he was supposed to be in a different like section, like like basically like a. Crossed the hallway to sign. So he, he had cut stuck through. his head in, and all of a sudden you just see a big commotion of people just coming, coming over there, and noticing his flare. And I look, I'm like, what's what's going on with the commotion? I look, I'm like, oh shit, 
it's Ric Flair. I'm like 50 feet away. I immediately call you because you were somewhere else in the in the, in the uh, right. ballroom. So, like, bro, come here, come here. And by the time he got there, you and I, you know, by the time he had finally got there, he had walked away because it became too much of a yeah. Too much, too much. seen by him just being there. And he was off to the side, right? right? It was almost like people just like look at the corner of their eyes and see him, and they just lost it and immediately ran up. Yeah. Um, I saw Scott Steiner. Uh, that that was that was pretty cool. Uh, Deborah, Tori Wilson, both of them, you know, still still on point, you know, as we yeah, remember. You were, yeah, you were um, you were out there, um, still walking around running to people while I was at the. Uh, well, I sat down for the uh, the women's talk when they had uh, Molly Holly and, and Miss Kitty up there. Uh-huh. So I was listening to uh, th- their conversation. So, uh, you know, I more or less was, like, focused on that. And then I'm, meanwhile, I'm getting texts from you talking about, oh, shit, I ran. <laughs> All the people you ran into along the way, you were like, they were uh, like like Cowboy Bob Orton and whatever yep. else. So Cowboy Bob cool. Orton. Uh, who else was out there? Teddy Long, uh, Ron Simmons. uh who else? Gangrel. Uh, Gangrel. Kevin Sullivan went and talked to him for a little bit. Uh, I, I was like, I got me a picture with Kevin Sullivan. I had to let him know that uh, he was a he he's he's one of the most brilliant minds in the wrestling business, and he kind of had his hands tied with, with all those you know uh, contracts and creative controls. Like he did, I let him know, yo, you did the best you could, essentially. <laughs> with all that. Was out there too. Yes, Mean Gene Nash. Um, Rob Van Dam, DDP was out there, had a long line to meet DDP. Yes, no, yeah, yeah. He set up shop late, too. Yeah. Noel Foley was out there. Uh, slick. I, I was just walking, and, you know, he was walking by me, and I kind of said under my breath, like, oh, shit, that's Slick. And then he, he like, turned yeah. around, like, happy somebody recognized him. Like, you know, he had his own booth, but he wasn't in his booth at that time. So he was just, like, walking. He's no. like, yeah, what up, man? Like, <laughs> Speaking of Slick. I think my favorite text I got from you while I was sitting down listening to the women's uh, forum was a text where you were like, it's a, it's Akeem. Yep. I'm thinking to myself, why do I get yes. a damn about some Akeem the African Yes. <laughs> yeah, Akeem. Uh, so, like, like, what did that do for your, um, like, I know you had mentioned something to me about, thing, you know, being seeing these kind of events and being afraid you were going to be sad at the at, at the sight yeah. of some of those guys, did you get that feeling at all with that? The only person I got that from was like, uh, well, I saw Akeem because he just looked old. Right, right. Um, yeah, it's just you know, you, you hear about how they do these these smaller conventions or do like you know signings or you hear about you know any old retired athlete selling memorabilia at like a smaller place. And you think like, wow, like you know, they might have a situation where they're doing this strictly for the money, or they're like, or not, not obviously they're doing it for the money. They're doing it kind of, so they're, they're doing it partially kind of hard, but like you know, like time is money. But I mean, like people that are like in dire situations financially after they already had like this, after being you know relatively famous or well known mm-hmm. to where they struggle for them the money. So it's like some of these situations, like I don't want to see anybody out there and they're, you know, and they're in a bad way, you know, where they're just there just just because they have to be there as opposed to wanting to be there. Yeah. So it was one of those things where, like, I figured out it might be a sad situation where there might be some people there that is, like, might be like a, you know, beyond the Matt Jake Roberts type situation. Right. So. I just think, God, Jake Rob- if Jake was there, I'd have lost it. Like. Yeah. <laughs> going, going there and seeing some of the people – you're seeing most of the people, the most of the vibe I got was 
it wasn't necessarily that situation or they were actually they were so positive and, and smiles on their faces and cracking up and you know and meeting their their fans that is you know it didn't actually it didn't I didn't actually like that thought like left my head uh-huh. so it was it was it was more positive for me yeah uh, we also went to the NXT show uh, with that great tag team match they had uh, yeah we had this loud drunk dude that was sitting to the right of me. Uh, loud drunk dude, if you're listening, Lord, you was drunk, bro. Like, <laughs> um, it, it, what did you think of the NXT show? I don't rewatch it for TV, but I, I really enjoyed the show. Uh, given this time and given the, the, the three matches, the three big matches that were on there, uh-huh. um, like, you know, you take that into consideration. Like, I feel like it was overall a better show than WrestleMania was, but. You know, we're comparing two and a half hours to literally five hours and ten minutes or whatever. Yeah. So, I don't know if that's Which necessarily we'll fair. Uh, the next day, uh, you know, I, I also liked, uh, I liked the tag team match a, a great deal. Uh, yeah, I, thought that that's, was, I think that's the best thing. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the best thing I saw all weekend. Yeah. Um, the, the Jim Ross show, aside from the Jim Ross show. Uh, the Jim Ross show on Sunday uh, was, to me, was unquestionably the highlight of the weekend. Even though as much fun I had at WrestleCon, I wish we could have got to stay there longer. Like you know, got there in a morning time. But um, the the Jim Ross show, it was Jim Ross, Bruce Prichard, Jim Cornette, and as a surprise, Mick Foley. Um, yeah, it it was just like it was like a ninety minutes of emotion of of questions of like. Just great storytelling of hilarity, uh, all in one. Uh, we didn't get a chance to ask any questions uh, or anything, but we did end up meeting Cornette uh, each separately. Uh, what did you think of, the, of that show, James? A lot of fun. Um, you know, in the words of of uh, Cornette, a lot of that stuff that was said it was so emotional because of you know the situation with Ross' uh, personal life recently is like. A lot of it, you know, actually made you want to, you know, slit your own wrist. But for the most part, it, you know, but it was heartfelt and it was sincere and um, it was really fun. It was really fun. Yeah. Um, the cool thing about the show was like, just like Jim Rock, you almost forget that that man so gifted on the microphone. And then it like that man cut just the most... The he it, it felt like they were like it didn't feel like he was cutting promos, but in a context it was like yeah. yeah, that man cut cut some great like sympathetic promos like like that man yeah. awesome like in yeah. Uh, he, uh, there was a point at the end where he said that um that him calling WrestleMania was uh or the the Undertaker match at the end like that was in the works for before his wife passed, but he said that his wife wanted him to be at the Hall of Fame. She wanted to, she wanted to walk the carpet and that couldn't happen. She wanted to be there uh, to hear the crowd respond when he walked down the aisle. And unfortunately that didn't happen as well. But one thing that uh, he said would happen was because uh, the Citrus Bowl or whatever they call it now is a open, is a open stadium uh, that, you know, she'll be able to watch, watch him call the match and enjoy it. And I thought, you know, that was, and that was how you pretty much ended it. I thought that was really beautiful. Yeah. Uh, we ended up uh, both uh, taking pictures with Jim Cornette uh, and pretty much, like, professing, like, our, our adulation for him and uh, in, in his career and his work and what he was done. He was extra um, friendly on that. 
Um, we're 20 in. Um, <laughs> the um, it, w- it was cool meeting Cornette. Uh, but after that, I mean, you know, I think that's a good way to break into, you know, our WrestleMania review now. Uh, we've got, uh, it was, I guess we can start at the top with WrestleMania. Um, the Undertaker and Roman Reigns, uh, James, Undertaker. Well, wait, well, wait, wait, let's do this, right? <laughs> General thoughts on the show overall before we get into the Undertaker part. Okay. Like, overall, thumbs up, thumbs down. In like you know, in the general terms, like what we like, what do you think of what do you think of the show, or what did you think of the show? Okay, so I was watching the show Sick as a Dog, uh, so it was hard for me to like be like really like critical, like of understanding what was like really going on at at certain times during the show because uh-huh. it was coming and going, and it was like probably about the, as bad as it could get, like probably during like the tag match and the Rollins and Triple H match, and uh-huh. actually probably the end of the AJ match too. Um, the, I thought it was a thumbs up show. Um, there, I think it was a tale of two shows, uh, after the, uh, after the tag match, the show decidedly like turned, uh, you and Josh were, were going crazy at the first four matches. Like, this is like the greatest WrestleMania of all time. And I was just like, I was like, I was like, it's on pace pace at this rate, but I was like, it's not going to hold, it's not going to hold up. And I knew that the whole time. And then the rest of the group was pretty much in agreement there. I had Dave Fenichel, like, blowing me up. I'm like, man, just wait. Just wait. And WrestleMania came out here and, to me, blew a 3-1 lead. Um, <laughs> they they went out here and, and got it popping pretty much early. And then, in the middle of the show, something happened. Um, well, what happened was the show got longer in the middle. It kept getting longer and longer and longer. It kept getting longer, and then it kept getting like weirder. Like, like you started, oh, yeah. you started looking we'll up, and you started looking up, and then you were like, "Hold on, there's no blow away matches left." Like, <laughs> and then it's just like they're all after one another, and then it's just like a sea of mediocrity. I feel like. But what about you, James? Yeah, I, I think when we look back at this show. Um, I think we're going to say that this, like, the parts of this show were greater than the sum of it all put together. Mm-hmm. Like, so, if I told you AJ Styles and Shane Shane are going to have a match, and it's going to be, like, near near four stars, you'd be like, yeah, I'll take that. If I told you that Seth Rollins and Triple H are going to have a match, that's, and you say that's near four stars, you're like, yep, yeah, because cause Seth just had uh, knee reconstruction, uh, like, Two, less than two months ago, you'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'll take that. If I told you that Jericho and Owens were going to have a really good match, you'd be like, yeah, I'll take that. If I told you that um, Brock Lesnar and Gil- Bill Goldberg were not going to have an absolute abortion of a match, you'd be like, oh, hell yeah, I'll take that. Um, and if I told you that Undertaker was going not to have a, a, a bad match, a bad match at WrestleMania, you'd be like, okay, yeah, cool, great. But when you take, oh, and then you throw in, like, you know, surprises like the Hardys, you think on paper, that is a great show. But the thing is, the show was so long that it's it's almost hard to even judge, to be able to judge these things as they're going because, I don't, I mean, it's different when it's, it's almost different. Like, 
the level of wrestling on, and maybe it's just me because it's, I, I'm not as invested every single day with with uh, New Japan. So like, it's easy for me just to pop on. It's the same thing with NXT. It's easy for me to pop on an NXT or a uh, New Japan show uh-huh. without me really knowing or caring about the storylines as much. Just knowing generally what the characters are from year to year, and just be able to hop in, watch their matches, and their matches are really, really, really good or great, and then be able just to you know keep going to the next. So right. I can deal with, you know, a six-hour um, Russell Kingdom show because I know, like, all these matches back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back to back to back to back to back are all great as opposed to WWE where, like, they have these big matches and they're not as good as the New, as the w, as the new Japan stuff or, some, or most of the time as the TakeOver stuff, but it's also so long. Mm-hmm. It's like... It's kind of, you know, as time is going on, it's like, ugh. So, like, as I'm watching the, uh, for example, after the tag match, you said, like, right when you get to Rollins versus Triple H, you're like, I'm watching this match, and the match, you look at it, and technically it's really good. But you can hear the crowd is, like, just drained. Yep, they, they emptied the clip on the, on the Hardys. Right. So, like, but, but I'm watching, I'm like, wow, this is, wow, this match, this match is really good, but damn, bro, it's like... Nobody cares. It's 10-something. Mm-hmm. You know? It's, or not, it's 10-something. It's like, it's like it's, it's 9.30-ish. Like, you still have to do the world title... You still have to do the WWE title match, the women's match, the Goldberg match, and Undertaker. Yep. Like, how long are we going to be here? Yep, so, and a performance at that point. So, you know, but but when you rewatch it, when you rewatch WrestleMania, what I did... um. I got a chance to over over throughout all of Monday because you know trying to watch that whole thing you'll be there forever. But <laughs> watching it, you know, for what it is, like after, I mean, and this is also after the fact. Like the show, when I have the, the burden of like being tired or whatever else, like this match, this show is a lot better. But it's so long that you can't really fully appreciate the fact that like there's really only two really bad match. There's only really two matches that you can say are absolutely bad. Undisputedly uh, bad on WrestleMania. Like, unfortunately, one is the you know the WWE title match, but ooh, we'll get to that later. The other one, but the other one has a post match that's phenomenal, is, is really good. So it's almost like you forgive that. You know what I mean? Uh, with with Cena's proposal. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I, I, you know, it's hard to judge when you tell me to, to judge the whole thing versus what the parts are because the parts are so much better in my opinion than the whole entire show. Uh huh. Um, well, the main event of that show ended up being, uh, The Undertaker's last match, uh, so to say, uh, against Roman Reigns, so he, he kind of, he kind of backs his way into a third consecutive WrestleMania main event there, I I see what you did, Roman, out there, you know, sneaked up on the main event for the third year, um, James, uh, is well known that Undertaker's your guy, so I'm gonna give you the floor. Like, you know, could could you just reflect on the Undertaker's career, his last match, and I guess we can, from there, talk about the effect of this match on Roman Reigns' career and going forward. Okay, I mean, a bunch of people have said this, I've said this for a long time, like, the Undertaker is the greatest single gimmick in the history of WWE, maybe even the entire business. Um, given his longevity, the fact that he was always a made of caliber guy for so long, for, you know, 20 years, more or less. 
or you could say 27 years seeing AEW main event at WrestleMania, right? Yeah. Uh, even when he was, you know, and then the part time thing makes it easier to, to be a main eventer because they pay you all this money and they only see you once and you get you, and the, the TV doesn't get you under. So, yeah. but anyway, uh, yeah, like in my opinion, like for a big for a big guy, meaning tall, like you know, six foot nine or taller, I think he's the greatest six foot nine or taller wrestler that I've ever seen. Um, in his prime, he was athletic, freak, graceful. Uh, dude, they took you know a dude that size taking bumps like that. He was he was injured a lot and worked through a lot of those injuries. Remember when he was uh, out there working with the Phantom of the Opera mask? Yes, when uh, uh, old King Mabel uh, knocked yeah. his eye socket out. Yeah, Undertaker had so, to wrestle a lot of, of, of bad wrestlers, boy. Yeah, Lots especially you know a lot of it was you know he, he has a hope quote unquote he has a hokey character so. He has to wrestle, you know, other hokey gimmick guys like, you know, Bundy or, or Kama Mufasa, or not Kama Mufasa, uh, Kama, the ultimate fighter machine, yeah. who's really just ball, who's really just ball rog for Street Fighter, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, or, you know, so, he, uh, I, I mean, I really know what to say, I mean, we've, we've done a lot of talking about him over there, but, you know, you know just general, like, he, he was awesome in... Uh, whenever they stumbled upon, I think one of the greatest things they also came up with is uh, when they stumbled upon him, we're looking up and we're like, holy shit, he's, you know, what was he at that point, like 10 or 11 and 0 at yeah. WrestleMania? And yeah. then they decided to run with the, with Randy Orton and that he's going to be the legend killer and break the streak and the streak became such a big thing that it was almost, um, it was, you know, it was a lot of years, most years, it was, after that point, it became bigger than the actual title matches at WrestleMania. Yeah. So, I think uh, I think he has a legacy where you know he came in with a gimmick that made no it was almost preposterous at that time for him to actually you know care about the belt and that's you know you look at, at this run in the nineties where he only had the belt you know twice or whatever and then he they came up with something for him eventually where he could have this thing that was almost like a title match for him every single year. But it wasn't actually for the belt because he had came up with something that was made him bigger than the belt. Right. And I think that's, you know, to have, to be a person to elevate a WrestleMania is, 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 makes you like, you know, in a short list. But even besides, even besides WrestleMania part, like in WWE's history, he's a, he's a Pantheon guy. I wouldn't say necessarily he's Mount Rushmore. I wouldn't say he's Rock or Austin or Bruno or Hogan. Like he's but, like our Andre the Giant. Yeah, more or less. But if you say, Guys, that when you, when you think of WWE or they're on the you know like the uh, their show open every single week, every single uh, show when you see Hunter and Rock and Austin and Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart and Ric Flair and Hogan's not there anymore for you know whatever reason for you know why and Warrior uh, was is either in it or off of it depending on how they feel. Um, he's definitely a person that deserves to be on there without question. Uh-huh. And the fact that he was there with that company for so long, that's, that's you know, I think only Bruno's only been, like, been with the company for that long uh-huh. or something like that. So, ultimately, like, he has a nice little spot somewhere in that top 10-ish thing, top 15-ish thing for the company. Mm-hmm. And they love their history. He's, he's, you know, his whole, most of his history is, nobody knows with me, Mark Callis, really, right? He's the Undertaker. Yeah. So, 50 years from now, 
like or not 50 years, like 30 years from now, I'm sure there will be a 30 for 30 or documentaries about The Undertaker. <laughs> oh man! Uh, so his his last match, uh, my I, I just want to mention something you left out, and I know you hate it, but there are so many people that love the biker gimmick. Um, oh, I God. I loved it. Uh, I loved when he was coming out there to rolling. Um, I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a you know a nice change of pace for his career. But I feel like if if he doesn't go through that, we don't get the Undertaker that that shows up in the mid two thousands where he becomes a better wrestler and all that. Like he's allowed to kind of be human and cut promos. Like otherwise, you just get this zombie dude. Like and to me, that was never the heat in these streets. But um. He he became like a, a combination of both of them the second half of his career, I think. And there was a point, like you said, the streak ended up engulfing like his whole legend. Uh, this past week, like right. I, I ended up writing a, a column. Uh, some of you guys may have seen it was like uh, this this Roman Reigns match uh, versus the Undertaker was the WWE's Larry Holmes versus Muhammad Ali. Got a lot of good like like numbers on it. Like looked pretty good. A lot of good feedback on it, and folks were, like really digging the analogy of it. And then to take it even further, like you know, the, I watched a documentary this morning on the Thriller in Manila. And if you look at the end of an era match, like the punishment and the steel cage at WrestleMania, like that was five years ago, right? And then the Undertaker wrestled another five years after that, just like Ali essentially fought too long. And I don't know about you. I was not a fan of this match uh, at the end, and I, I wrote in the piece, I was like, it's not always going to be like Ric Flair or Shawn Michaels where they find magic. Sometimes they're just getting put down, essentially. Um, yeah. What What did you think of this match? I thought the match was fine. Just that fine. Like I don't think it was... Whatever... whatever uh adjective you want to put like right before calling something good i would say it's that look at the adjective I, like i would <laughs> <laughs> like so so any descriptor you want to use like i would say right below good whatever your line for good is i'll say is right below that uh-huh. um so like for me if you tell me a match is good and i'm rate and i'm rating it with you know integers of five like three would be good. Mm-hmm. So like in my opinion it was two point seven five. Like if a couple more if a couple things go right, like particularly like the two spot reversal spot, then it probably gets to three. But like there were a few things that ended up kind of like weird towards the end and I don't know how and uh, you know it's it's a guy that's fifty two, fifty three ish years old with a bad hip and might and might you know is gonna have hip surgery again after he was on crutches Less than two months, less than three months ago. So, I, you know, I mean, how much? And the dude is, you know, six nine, two hundred and damn near three hundred pounds. So, like, what, what, what can you expect, really? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh The Roman Reigns, it comes like you know, a, a thing for him, like where he he ends up retiring the Undertaker, like he absorbs the Undertaker into, you know, his legend, essentially, kind of like you know how Undertaker absorbed Sean and. Sean absorbed Flair in a sense. So, like Roman Reigns, like did did this like like what did you think the effect of this on his career was? And you know, not mentioning like he's he stunk to join out two out of the three last three years at the uh, main event of WrestleMania. Not that it is going to matter for him, but um, like what, what do you see like 
like the uh, narrative like of Reigns' career changing from here, or is he is who he's going to be already? Um, I mean, it's almost unfair to say that he, he is what he's going to be, but I mean, this is what twenty nine, thirty, thirty one, thirty two, thirty three. Like this is fifth WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, like. You can't, I mean, yes, he's still young, but this isn't like, this isn't like basketball where the top dude, <clears throat> where the top dude used to stick around for, you know, almost 20 years, right? I mean, he could, but that's really rare, right? Like, you don't have Kobe stick around for 19 years or Duncan stick around for 19 years or KG or whatever. All the guys we can list off that were like really at the top of their game and stick around for 20 years. That doesn't really happen in wrestling. Like, guys... I mean, it, maybe maybe it's a little different for him because he didn't go the indie route. Like, he was a WWE guy, and then he ends up in WWE, and then on the main roster of WWE, and then he's there. And he's only, what, 30, right? Yeah, he's like 30, 31 at the most. So maybe we, maybe, maybe, maybe we're doing – maybe he does have 10 more WrestleManias in him. Uh-huh. But I wouldn't say he's necessarily a young guy anymore, would you? No, like, he's he's in that point where, I look at it like this, like, if you look at most main stars in WWE over the past, like, I don't know, 20 years, those guys are becoming main eventers in, within, like, three years in the company. Like, we're gonna know. This is his fifth year. Obviously, he was a main yeah. eventer. I feel like if, if he was ever gonna be a main eventer, like, the way his career would have played out... It should have been his first Mania main event either last year or this year, rather than in 2015. So, like, I don't know, well, man. I, I was, I would say this. I would say it might be, it might have been for him at WrestleMania. It might have been. I mean, it's so hard because what happened to him is something like if Daniel Bryan's not in the way, like maybe it works. You know what I mean? Uh. So, you know, I, it's really hard to say. Um, but what I will say is, like, the dude's super talented. The dude's a great athlete, a great athlete. A tough individual, and, like Jim Ross said. And it's so funny because it, it's almost at this point with, 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 with uh, Reigns is, like, you almost, like, have to get the disclaimer and the platitudes out the way, like, in a positive way to be like, look, man, if you say some like so many people are so negative about Roman that like you almost have to go through the thing where you have to praise him first on the front end, so where like whatever criticism you get to doesn't seem like you just sound like every other person ever in life, right? Uh huh. So, but as far as his legacy goes, like I don't know if this is necessarily a pitching of uh, you know a, uh, a fork and roll moment where like this is going to change his perception. Uh-huh. I mean, if it does. I mean, he's only going to get him more booed. Mm-hmm. But I don't know for how long. I mean, you know, those, those night after uh, WrestleMania crowds are so extra, for lack of a I can't think yeah. of anything other to say extra. But um, And they finally figured it out this year. We'll get to it, like, a little bit later. But WWE's finally figured it out with the uh, crowd the night after WrestleMania. I think, they, I think they sort of figured it out last year, too. They did the same thing. They didn't really do much of a show last year, either. No, nah, they did that number one contenders match, like, for the world title and all that. Like, they were trying to set stuff up. Yeah, I mean, but they did They did have a title match on the card. Yeah, it was, it was a tag match. 
I mean, how, it's the Hardys. Yeah. Like the most over thing they have okay. now. It, it, it wasn't like they were going to lose or anything. That was an exhibition match with the belt on the line. Bro, can, you ima- can you imagine if they had beat them? Bro, the, the, they might have rushed a ring. The, those fans <laughs> might have rushed a ring. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, this is back to the room real quick. Like, I think... I think we're. I think we already. I think this is you know par for the course for where we were already going. I really think that like like they're never going to be able to turn them around. The crowd's never going to cheer them. Their best case scenario is a lesser version of Cena. By lesser version of Cena, I mean I can't imagine him being as popular as uh, Cena is like mainstream in in um, promo wise because they never they they almost like they do everything in their power to make him not cut promos. He just comes out, and as I said before, on a previous podcast, they just ha- like his whole character is he's the toughest guy that ever toughed. Like yeah. there's nothing, not really much nothing, there like, to, to sing into. Like they'll never, they'll never like give him a chance to, to show if he could be a heel. It doesn't seem. I mean, he could be heel ish, but he'll never actually go there because they figure, well, people already cheer. Like the people that we want to cheer him already cheering them, and they're making noise, whatever. But I don't think I don't think he'll ever be the draw that Cena was. So best case scenario of this route is he turns into a another version of Cena except less you know, except draws you less money. Like maybe and, he like I, I might have said this before, like they always wanted him to be like the new Cena. Maybe he's the new Undertaker. Like as far as just like being another top guy that's gonna be there for so long, that's gonna be dependable in big matches you can put people against, but he's not necessarily like the one. Because he's not beloved, like he's just he's just well, not. Well, I would say this: one Undertaker is relatively, or you know, maybe maybe as I'm looking from from my perspective, and I'm into it, but like, I feel like Undertaker is beloved. Uh, oh yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Undertaker is beloved. I'm, I'm talking about know, strictly as a character. Like, for so- Go ahead. Well, I'm talking about strictly as a guy filling like a slot, not like as far as like being beloved. Like he's like. Like he's like he'd be the Undertaker. Like he's a long term like like secondary he's main, main eventer. Event. He's, he's a, a main eventer. He's not the main event. He could be that. Okay, so he's like I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but in this era, when there's nobody else that even like fits the, those marquees, that turns him into the main event. Right. Like by way of the way they push him compared to everybody else, and where they where they chop dudes' knees off. Right, like compared to the way he's pushed compared to everybody else, like unless you have AJ for however however long until he can maybe break through in their eyes, if he if they even let him get to that point, he's the guy. Hmm. Well, let's get to the rest of these matches. I'm tired of talking about Roman Reigns, as you can tell. Um, <laughs> so uh, the match of the you know I went on a big rant. Um, the other show, uh, was, was pretty entertaining to some folks. Uh, thank you guys that I heard back from on it. Uh, I just want to say, I, I still feel like I was right and I still feel vindicated. Um, you know, ain't, ain't no, ain't, ain't no tucking my tail. I don't run from it. You That's know, not how you do it, Rich. What? That's not how you do it. Look, man, you said in your rant. That if they do have a good match, that's just that's just more proof that they could have had a better AJ could have had a better match versus maybe with somebody else, and it could have been even better. 
So you should have came at you should have came to this thing saying, "Look, you know what? I was right. They had a they had a really no. You don't say it like that. You say, "Look, you know what? You were right, or I was wrong. They had a really really good match, but however, I did tell you if they end up pulling out a, a rabbit out the hat and had a really and had a great match, ultimately that only proves my point. And they should have put him in there a more, more talented wrestler that can actually." It actually has a um, smoothness in the ring. It isn't out here potatoing people. And you could have got your quote-unquote five-star classic. Yeah. You you know, like, you got to put a little humility on the front end before you start standing <laughs> you right. You got to do that. That's how you do it, man. That's how you do it. Oh, you know, it, this match just had me so fired up, as you can tell uh, from the other week. You know, I, I'm not really thinking about humility or anything. Uh, I'm just thinking about, you know, seeing AJ Styles having to fight Shane McMahon. And, and they figured it out. Like, I, I watched the match twice. Uh, it was a little bit better on the second watch for me because, like I said, I was in bad states watching the watching it originally. Uh, I just knew a bunch of shit was happening uh, as I was going <laughs> <laughs> watching it. Uh, but it just looked like AJ Styles, like, made that. It was like. AJ Styles, if we're talking about a, a song, right? Like, AJ Styles made the beat. He had the hook ready. He had the ad-libs done. He had his verse to do. All Shane had to come in there and do was lay his verse and not fuck up. Huh. And that's what Shane did. Like, come in there, do your verse. That man punched in every line. Like, <laughs> he, he punched in his lines. And, and then, you know, they mixed that shit and they got it out of there. So... If you think about this match, outside of like maybe one spot where they did the uh, they turned the phenomenal forearm into a tur- into like a flip over DDT, uh huh. Like aside from, the, the, I mean, I could be wrong, but just from my memory of that match, the only thing that you would say that like uh, in that match that AJ didn't necessarily idiot proof or fuck up proof in that match was that move. That spot was like the only ma- only thing he was like. I understand this dude is uncoordinated or isn't in the ring as much as he should be to be in be at this stage, but I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that I can have a great match while this dude doesn't do anything to kill himself necessarily. It doesn't do anything to necessarily hurt me or, or make the match look overly awkward and fuck up momentum of the match or the build of the match. Yes. And, you know, they, they put one spot in it and it wasn't pretty, but he got it over. It was believable enough to where it didn't, like, pull you out of the match, and there you go. Like, AJ Styles is, is fantastic. He yep. is, you know, as, as, he is him. as his gimmick is phenomenal. Yes. Um, yeah, so give AJ, AJ also, the title and immediately. While, and also, while in the, um, the, bring this up, like, while also, you know, more or less idiot-proof in this match, they also made use of eight of Shane's relative athleticism. So he's still up to do coast to coast, get it in. He's he still wanna, you know, take a big a big stupid dumb bump on the on the uh, announce table from the from the top rope, got it in. Congratulations. That's over that that's an overachievement. A great yeah. overachievement in WrestleMania history. Yeah. Um like those those big mans in WrestleMania time, they you know, aside from the only one I can think of is WrestleMania twenty six with Brett. Those McMahons, when they come to WrestleMania, it's Bruh, like they do, they, they and, do some and really still, good stuff. And still. They some real mediocre bad wrestlers. Vince took that heart attack and landed smack on the back of his head. And it's just sound like a watermelon dropping on the ground. 
like, yes. so yes. Um, yeah. Shouts out to them for that match and AJ proves it again. And then after that, and then after that, Brett tormented him for like another ten minutes. Yes. Yeah, I, I don't ever want to watch that match again. Um, <laughs> speaking of, of a match that we probably won't ever see again, uh, Brock Lesnar fought Bill in a uh, Universal Title match. And they went on to probably have the best match I've ever seen under five minutes. Uh, yeah, it was a it, it was a lot of cool camera work um, that really got uh, things over. If you guys were in the building um, and didn't rewatch it yet, I would suggest you rewatch it and see uh, the way he gets up from that you know barrage at the beginning to hit that first you know, spear. Yeah, like that first spear, like he hits it with three suplexes. He gets up and growls at the. At the uh, at the crowd, and then like immediately, like, next thing you know, like it's almost like some where, where the hell did that come from? Right? Is it a bullet? Is a train? No, a Superman? And he just all of a sudden he just in Brock Lesnar's chest, and you're like, holy shit! Right? Um, like, where the fuck did he come from? You, get, you know, the next four minutes of fury. Yeah, um, I think if anybody else would have had this match besides them, uh, they would be told they couldn't work. But uh... well, <laughs> I would say this, right? For those that really like the uh, the SummerSlam 2014 Brock Lesnar versus John Cena, yeah. where Brock Lesnar is destroying John Cena for 16 minutes, where in reality, like I watched that match and I'm not like I'm not into the storytelling of it, and for me, I'm like, okay, so it's a 16 minute match and Brock Lesnar literally standing with no action going on for 10 minutes in this match, uh-huh. bullshit. But like. They have educated Brock Lesnar and Goldberg over the past, or since, or really with Goldberg with Brock Lesnar since he beat the streak, that everything he does is so devastating. Where he's throwing dudes on their heads, he's splitting, you know, twelve time at then twelve time champions' foreheads hard way. You know, the only way you can beat him is if you know he run, you throw him into a a, 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 a ring post and split him open. Yeah. Then you bring along Brock Goldberg, who still looks like freaking Bill Goldberg in 2017, and then he, he he crushes him, right? And then he crushes, and then he embarrasses him in uh at Royal Rumble. So like, and then he wins the title with this with one move, with you know two moves, spear jackhammer. Like they educated that these moves are put people away. They don't kick out. Your ass is done. Your ass is grass when they hit you with them. Yeah. And all they did was hit people with the gigantic big moves that it was just shocking. Yeah. Um, so kudos to them. Like they realized like if we build this stuff and it was a conversation one time where I think it was uh Heyman was on the Austin podcast for, for the WWE network. Uh-huh. Where he mentioned that if if WWE wanted to, they could put Mark, the world's strongest man Mark Henry in the ring and have him put people in a jaw lock. Yeah, and like headlock, twist the jaw yeah. and it and it sell it as if he's breaking people's jaw, and if you do it enough times, it'll get over. Yeah. And I thought to myself, like, yeah, but uh, nobody's buying that he's breaking people's jaws left and right, you know, every single week. The fact that their fight, they they were in the ring with Kevin Owens, or or. Brock Lesnar and Goldberg in the ring with the Undertakers, the Seth Rollins, the the uh, Roman Reigns is the Undertakers, uh, the Kevin Owens of the world, the top guys, and they hit these dudes, and, they, the and then they're protected by being away off TV, and then when they're in there, they're doing something really good. Like, 
and they're hitting people with these explosive moves that have basically been trademarked as these put your asses away. Like, you understand why, like, people complain about finishers being watered down. You, you kind of get it mm-hmm. by just that story because, like, we always joked that the whole thing was going to be Goldberg is going to hit him, going to hit Brock with a spear and a jackhammer, and he's going to kick out, and the crowd's going to go nuts. Yep. And then they're going to go from there. And it actually happened. But the thing for me was when Brock and Goldberg both came out, the crowd, the crowds were relatively dead compared to what the pops they've been getting in the past. But once the bell rang, it was on. It, the crowd was like they just like they woke up. It was weird. It was like they, the crowd was like, "This is bullshit that this match is going on for this bell with these two part timers, or either one of them, either one of them win the belt, and either one of them are going to go to go away if they have the belt, and they're not going to be fighting and defending the belt every single uh, thirty days or whatever you want to say." But as soon as the bell rung. Never mind that shit. Here comes Mongo. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, those, those guys, they, they went ahead and, and did it. And uh, he got Goldberg out of there. Goldberg did that clean job out there. Uh, that man finally did a clean job. Uh, somebody was saying that was the first one he's ever done. I'm not sure. I'm going to have to go check on that. I think that's like the fourth or fifth time. Yeah. Uh, I have to check on that. But, yeah, clean job for, for old Bill. Um, up next... The WWE title match. A motherfucking disgrace to the WWE Championship. Brock Lesnar, or or, excuse me, Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton. James, I'm going to hand you the field. Uh, I know you, uh, I know I I have a passionate take about about this, but I'm sure uh, you probably have something to say, something you want to say about this. You know, at first, me and you had talked about this, and um, I said I was going to write something down, but... I felt that this was really something that needed to just come more or less come off the top of my head for, for like a minute or two. Off the top. But, yeah. Uh, so through, throughout all the time in history, uh, there have been great unsolved questions, right? Uh, like who, who built the pyramids? Right. Like how did the pyramids get built? Uh, was there, was there a second shooter on the grassy knoll? Did Hulk Hogan ever, uh, did Booker T ever get Hulk Hogan? Yeah, uh, mine, my, mine my, my would be, uh, like, did Lloyd say whether or not she was 5-2 or 5-2, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think a question that I'd like to nominate to this Great Ensemble Mysteries of History would be, what the hell was that at WrestleMania? <laughs> Um, like maggots, worms, and roaches. Dude, by the end of the night, Bray Wyatt had no belt, got out mind gamed throughout the feud, got his ass whooped, and they ended up being a cult leader with no cult at the end of the night. He had literally, literally nothing. He had been basically, you know, stripped down and naked. It had nothing. And this is a dude that they they say that they, there's a part of their future and all this. And I'm just, I, I, I don't see it. Like it's one thing to say, it's nothing to do it. The same thing with both um, Dean Ambrose. Like, 
Dean Ambrose is a dude that that made that that has made a million dollars in a year. What what this is like his third, second or third year making a million dollars? Yeah. In a year, this dude was on a pre-show. Bray Wyatt is a dude that they they put over and over and over as a guy that's, that's got the partner in media future. Uh, when Chad talks about the Shield guys, as far as like the new crop of guys, almost like when you think of Orton Batista, Cena, and Lesnar with the OVW like group and Shelton Benjamin and that group and that class, you pretty much include the Shield members plus Bray Wyatt as that class. They have failed him. Um, <laughs> and, and anybody listening to this podcast knows that I am not a person uh, that likes Bray Wyatt's character. And I don't like his work. And I mean, honestly, who who actually does like his work in the ring? But anyway, um, look, they'll come they out here and swear up and down. Him. They have done him, and they have done him in his character a great disservice. And they have damaged his future. And I don't see, I don't see how this dude sticks around to, uh, for five, six, seven more years. Yeah, I don't know how they do it. Yeah, even with the brand split. I thought this match was a motherfucking disgrace to the WWE Championship. It's the, it's the yeah. worst title WWE title match at WrestleMania in at least 25 years. Um, yeah. You've got to look at it like I I have my, my issues with it Like as far as like, hold on, so this shit's supposed to be like a big babyface coronation for Randy fucking Orton, really? Who's 37 years old, really? Like who is just like... When when I watch this whole feud and this match, I'm like, this only exists because AJ Styles doesn't have the title right now. Like, y'all took the belt off of the best guy to do this dumb shit the whole time. I knew it would be lukewarm. I knew the match would suck. The storyline was grade A ass cheese. And it just, like, it was not... They went ahead and started projecting stuff onto the mat and had the referee jump out the ring. And, like, people in the arena could actually see what was going on, for one. Um, they, well, they did. Well, they did. That's why they like the first time they did it, you hear audible gasp. Yeah. Like, but the thing, but the thing for me is ridiculous. All those gimmicks, like all those gimmicks. The thing for me is, right. So if, if you lay this out, right. And we're not going to go through the whole long thing. We're just going to go long story short. He burns down the shack to get rid of Bray's magic powers. Bray basically pulls out a Deus Ex Machina and, and says he goes to the gravesite and the powers are still there and I stronger than ever. So on the go-home show of SmackDown, Orton goes back and he stashes and he crushes the he, he stabs the crucifix into the gravesite, thereby getting rid of Bray Wyatt's powers. So Bray Wyatt shows up on Sunday and he has the powers of projecting maggots onto the screen, which, yeah. like, as a, as a magical power, honestly, like, kind as of a weak. magical power, like superpower, like that's sort of similar to like, to like, why, like, why do I need Aquaman in the street fight? Like, that doesn't help me at all. <laughs> like, I, we on the street, I don't need the help of you being able to talk to sea seahorses. That doesn't help me, bro. Like, that, that, ain't, that ain't helping you in this fight. It's not. Yeah, Randy Orton had had 15 years on WWE. It's not the fact, uh, back to the Orton thing, it's not the fact that he's 37 years old. It's that he's had 15 years on WWE TV. Like, this is like, 
Like, why are we doing this still? And he probably he probably came out there and got booed uh, on but Tuesday. Rich, yeah, it's not an issue if he's in the main event for the belt if he's fighting AJ Styles. That's the match everybody wanted to see between those two. Or, or if you if you had said, all right, we're going to WrestleMania, we're going to WrestleMania, Cena's off doing God knows what on the card, <laughs> and it's going to be for the, and it's going to be for the. I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't mean that this is like the, the knock, um, you know, the, the the couples tag match. I'm not doing that. Knock. I'm saying like he's off doing something else on on the on the card, and, and we're gonna have a SmackDown match for the belt, and you said name the guys you're gonna put on it. When you have that, but you have that smooth Cena. The first match you think of is Randy Orton versus AJ Styles. Yeah. They gave it away on TV. Yep, they sure did. Not e- not even on pay per view on TV. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And now AJ's about to get moved to Raw or in- during this Superstar Shakeup thing. We're not even going to get another match. We're not even going to. Like, we might not get AJ versus Orton until, like, 2018. Until ever, yeah, like bitch. Like, 19. <laughs> yeah, we better hope Nakamura uh, hit somebody in the face. Uh, but, yeah, this match was an utter disaster. Bray Wyatt with Randy Orton. Uh, I-, I said it from the get-go. I knew the chemistry would be off in the ring. It, it- It's not like uh, Bray Wyatt is some elite worker. We know Randy Orton comes in there with the mentality to have a safe match and he'll raise his game depending on who he's in there with. And to me, yep. I don't think he was really inspired at all um, to to really come out there and, and, and get it on. What's up? Think about this, right? So, if Rich, if there's anything you've ever given Bray Wyatt credit for over the time on this podcast, it has been the fact that he had to basically go out there by himself to put over the Undertaker feud for WrestleMania 31. Yes. So, because that dude is talented enough to where even if there's nothing for him to say, they still throw him out there stupidly and he'll go out there and just talk. Right? Um, I've compared him to a, a mediocre pitcher that can pick, get you eat up 200 innings for you in a year. Like your third pitcher. Or your fourth pitcher. Anyway, uh, this entire feud is based on Bray Wyatt or, or Randy Orton coming into Randy or Bray Wyatt. Um, I'm sorry, Randy Orton coming into Bray Wyatt's world and doing most of the work to get it over. Why would they do that? Like this, this, this entire feud was so one-sided. We're creating like we gonna have Randy Orton carry the promos. Randy, but he did a good job. That's the problem. Like he he does more to get over Bray Wyatt's development as a character with the whole uh, burning down the shack promo than Bray Wyatt did in his entire time in the WWE up to that point. That's a problem. Yeah. It's, 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 it's so weird. Like, and then they have the match, and the match is basically like any old match you would see in, like, this probably like the 9 o'clock match on a SmackDown that has nothing <laughs> going for it. Oh, man. It barely got 10 minutes. And then, and then you throw in the dumbass projections of the bugs. All the gimmicks. All the gimmicks. Oh, man. They, they, Let's just move on, man. Let's yeah. move on. It was terrible. 
Maybe yeah. yeah, maybe we'll 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 dedicate some more time to ripping how terrible it is if this feud continues. But um Seth Rollins and Triple H oh, had yeah. a match. Oh, and then, and now we get a House of Horrors match. Oh yeah, it can which, only get worse. Which may be some Dungeon of Doom shit for all we know. Yeah. Um I, Way, way to, way to uh, value your WWE champion. That that bell's gonna be fucking murdered in that feud. <laughs> um, Seth Rollins took on Triple H, who came out uh, with Triple H rolling with the cops out here um, at WrestleMania. Uh, he's in phenomenal shape. He has Stephanie looking like a mid forties biker woman. Um, they did their she thing. Like a, she- <laughs> She looked. <laughs> she looked like a soccer mom at a at like a Def Leppard reunion tour. Damn. She looks like uh, she's like the, the chick at the bar that gets into it with dudes, and then her husband has to prove her love for her, or prove his love for her, essentially, because she can't shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> they got. Uh, a match with Rollins, who showed up wearing all gold and, and, and bringing a flame in here on, on these boys. Um, what did you make of this match, James? Yeah, I thought it was a, I thought it was a really good match. Um, I hesitate to call it great. I mean, my issue with the match or, or what it is, and I, I, I mean, we have discussed this off air, but it's just something to me for like, I get it. Like, the dude sold his ass off throughout the match. Yes, he did. He absolutely sold his ass off. And anybody that's watched Seth Rollins knows that he's a really good seller, right? Like, it was a point in time where me and you were debating on who was a better seller between him or Zolf Ziggler back, like, four or five years ago, right? Um, <clears throat> the issue for me in that match is this is a dude that is smart enough to, or has been positioned in his, in his character to be a intellectual tactical person and he's been you know he's been nicknamed as the architect yeah and you watch the match and he does something as far as the selling he does something really smart apart from you know selling big after you know any type of thing involving his knee is he sells uh like he doesn't he doesn't run in the match except for the very beginning of the match before he gets they get they start working over his leg um, which is smart. Like, like if you ever hurt knee, you're not supposed to be running around. You're not. You should be running around on it. Like, let's say, like Dean Ambrose does. Like Dean Ambrose will get killed and start and continue to run, right? Um, but the main issue with, my, with that match kept, that kept pulling me out of the match over and over and over while watching it again was the fact that this dude is hurt the way he is, and he keeps jumping all over the arena. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh. And I understand, like, he does a big move, a big splash or whatever, and he sells the leg because after impact. But for me, it's like, all right, your character is you're a smart person. A smart person will probably, with a bad knee in a fight, in an unsanctioned match, try to, you know, not use the injured limb as a weapon at, to start off the match. Like, obviously, you get to a point of desperation in the match, where you got to start doing stuff like that, you become, you become more desperate. Yeah. But like he started doing that for me on set, and it's like I don't. It just kept throwing me at the match. Like this makes no sense to me. Like I thought it should have been a blood brawl. It, it was sold to us as such, 
and well, not literal blood, but it should have been like these two dudes are trying to like just run it. Like it's a fight. This shouldn't have been a wrestling match at all. This should have been a fight. Like it was sold to us as. I I I feel like the bill of goods. I I got what I got some mystery meat essentially. Like with with this match, right? Like I mean, everybody has their expectations of how matches are going to turn out, and you know, especially grudge matches. Like, there's nothing worse than, I just to go back to that that abortion we saw or we were talking about a few minutes ago was like Bray or utter sorry, uh, Randy Orton burns down Bray Wyatt's uh, sister's remains, corpse, whatever gravesite, burial, whatever. And then, and the next time he sees him, he doesn't try to like kill him. And like, this is to me, that's bullshit. Like, that's yeah. not how a normal human would react. Like, especially in this situation where these guys are fighters, right? Yeah, they would tend to fight immediately. Um, <coughs> when it comes to the, <coughs> when it comes to Triple H versus Seth, the thing that throws me off is like. We had those expectations of what matches should be, but like for me, we're just looking back at it. Like what throws me off is okay, this dude is just so smart. It's smart enough not to run throughout this match to sell, but we'll just jump jump around anywhere. It doesn't even matter. Uh-huh. I, I, that just threw me off. And then the part that really, the part that that, that like that's just something that like just mightily annoyed me throughout the match. But the thing that really annoyed me was at the end of the match, the Stephanie spot with her just. <laughs> Like okay, so Stephanie is a CEO blue is a blue co- I'm sorry a white collar, um, silver spoon fed person that that works in a suit or that or that is a suit and just can snap you can just out just muscle you know a, a former champion just muscle something right out of his hand right and I, for me that's just like ugh. Yes, a heavyweight I, I, wrestling fighter, a guy that was a champion, yeah. uh, CrossFit yeah. Jesus. Like, like for for me, that would be like if uh, name me a Mean Street Posse guy. Joey uh, Joey Gas Pete Gas. We saw yeah. him. Like at if, Pete Gass, if Pete Gas had ripped the, had ripped the uh, sledgehammer on his hand, I'd be like, this is just this is fucking stupid. This makes no sense. Wow. Um, I I, I also could have gone for seeing Seth debut a new finisher to defeat Triple H rather than the whole pedigree thing. I feel like maybe, 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 you know, now this whole thing is like, it's officially his now. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Um, so good. I mean, if that's the case, cool. I don't want to shit on it. Like I think it was a bad match. I just thought it didn't live up to, uh, what it kind of was advertised as, but I knew how this would go. I I anticipated Rowland being slowed a little bit on the knee, and I anticipated Triple H having his Triple H match. So, we got to combo the two. You know, for me, for example, right, when you see, like, it's it's matches where, you know, going into it, like, the whole thing is get over, a body part's getting worked on. Yeah. Like, that, to me, like, watching that, like, that is not... I think of a match. Like, that's not Austin versus Brett. It's, it's not Okada versus Minoru Suzuki from a couple months ago. Like, well, if you want to well, see... I didn't want to get into... I didn't even want to get into that because, one, I haven't watched that match in two. Like, you know, people just, you know... Um, I just want to compare, like, WWE style to WWE style. That's really what I want to get at. Like, mm. that's not... That's not the same thing. Um, like, that's not... That's not even, like... Sean versus... 
Triple H when when Sean first came back. Right. I, I mean, maybe if the match was like five minutes shorter, it would it would have worked out better. Yeah. I mean, and this and this is a match that I think is very good, like I'm borderline great. But you know, at, at that at that spot, like maybe maybe that match does better if it um, does a lot better if it's like in a different style on the card. Mm-hmm. And you can say, I mean, I feel like you can almost say that for like all the car, all the matches after the Hardys because like the show is so long, bro. <laughs> like I think I think ultimately like the thing is like they got to figure this out and like they're going to figure out how to be either stack either stack the pre-show uh, with more than three matches or what because this is just too much. Yeah. Uh, you know, Undertaker, Undertaker going away. Should open in theory uh, open up a spot, but I, I think he's just going to get traded out for like a Kurt Angle or something. Maybe. Maybe. Um, so I like, move forward. We're going to go into a couple other things. Um, uh, Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho had had a fine contest. Uh, I personally, my personal favorite match of the night, uh, one that was built on you know these guys knowing each other so well because they were best friends. So they had infinite reversals for all their moves. We got a clean finish out of it. We got a title change. Um, I really enjoyed that match. Um, the what'd you get out of that match, James? Uh, I thought the match was just a regular. I thought the match was a regular good old match until they got to the point where they, uh, uh, you get to the lion salt gets countered with the knees, like the spot where basically back to back to back, like they gave each other knees to yeah. counter their uh, aerial assaults, and I'm like, that's what drew, that's actually what like engaged me into the match and got, clicked me, and I was like, oh, okay, we're here now. Right. Um, I do love the fact that um, they are protecting the. Apron uh, power bomb. I, I do appreciate it because, like, I was thinking, like, damn, that's over. But like, it's WrestleMania, so they might they might do a kickout right here, and I don't think they should use the kickout right here. I now. think that was and a problem sure enough, all weekend, James. At every show that we were at, there were plenty of opportunities for matches to be finishes that ended up going on like two or three more minutes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that was from Rev Pro to NXT to WrestleMania. It was like. Y'all got to know when to wrap this shit up, essentially. Yep, go home. Yep. Uh, unquestionably, the biggest moment of WrestleMania was the return of the Hardy Boys. Uh, everyone's chanting, delete. Um, <laughs> delete, delete. And Matt and Jeff Hardy's being back, and they come back as the, as the good old Hardy Boys from 1999. Uh, no, Jeff Hardy came back as a good old Hardy Boy. <laughs> Matt Hardy is still broken Matt Hardy. <laughs> We will see. I, I, I'm under the impression that WWE wants to make sure that they get the legal ramifications to it and then introduce the brokenness how they want to introduce it. I get what you're saying, but that man came out with, look, he's not wearing a yeah, shirt. Yeah, he's encouraging the deleting still, a little bit, yeah. That man is doing the delete chant. That man is still, or he's still doing the delete thing, uh, like, you know, the slash, the point and slash, and then he's out there still with the Frederick Douglass hair. So, God damn it! <laughs> that man, look, that man is clearly still with that streak of gray. He's doing doing the villainous villainous arms thing. Yeah, like he still is. He like. I'm really excited to see him back. In, he's still dressed in the Matt Hardy trappings. Aesthetically, he's still broken Matt Hardy. Like he's Jeff. not Matt Hardy. that's out there with the jink with you know the, the skin tight long thing like Jeff is. 
Jeff can come back out there and do that because Jeff was actually a star as that. Matt wasn't a star doing the Hardy Boys thing. Right. And, and Matt got their ass back to WWE with this broken Matt Hardy shit. Like, so yes. I, I, I'm happy to, to uh, see them back. And I hope, uh, you know, Matt Hardy gets to delete you know, many uh, motherfuckers uh, and make them obsolete, you know, after. I got a question. Yeah. Well, two questions. First, first a serious one, second one a silly one. The first one is, is, it, are the Hardy Brothers Excursion of Gold the greatest, like, multi-promotional gimmick, like, of the last decade? You could say Alberto Del Rio being the real world champion uh, is up there. Like when winning, mean, it's, it's more or less the same thing, though. Yeah, um, I mean, I think be, Matt Hardy's gotten hotter off of any off of it than anyone. Although Del Rio was like piping hot when he came back in. Uh, yeah. the, it, it, I think it'd be it's a tie between those two, honestly. Okay. Now, um, speak now. Silly question. Seeing that we're talking about Matt Hardy and Broken Matt Hardy, the fact that we have Kevin Owens doesn't that hasn't that rendered like Bray Wyatt absolutely obsolete? <laughs> you mean he does everything Bray Wyatt does except better? No, it's like all right. We there's only room. There's only so much room for like. First off, it's hard enough to have one top fat guy. You gonna try to have two? And one is clearly better no, than the other. You're, tr- you're going to try to have three. Samoa Joe's here too, so he's also better than Bray Wyatt. Yes, I'm somebody got to go. The, these yeah, corners Bray, is hot. Look, Bray, five years from now, it'd be, it'd be one thing if they were like really tall, like if they were like um, you know, like uh, Akeem, if they were like, er, er, he could work like Boss Man. He, he can't do neither one of those things. Better, better get better get in that uh, performance center and, and start figuring it out. You know, you want SmackDown? Go talk. To, go holler at Daniel Bryan for some ideas. Look, Brent, look, uh, Luke Harper losing weight. They got that man. They got that man in different uh, gear. Yep. They got that man uh, putting like putting his hair back to like, hide that bald spot. He might get a push. Look, you know what he doing? He like, yeah, I'm trying to get away from this nigga. Like, <laughs> trying to try, trying to distance myself from this. Um, look, why I want to belt before he ever did? Yeah. No, no. Uh, Luke had a uh, intercontinental title a couple years ago. He won the main belt. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I thought you said uh, Bray Wyatt won a belt before. No, I meant I meant Luke. My bad. Gotcha. Speaking of winning belts, uh, Dean Ambrose is the Intercontinental Champion. He was dropped to the pre-show in favor of the women, which I think actually ended up working out better for this card because, like, one of the matches would have got fucked. But I think Dean Ambrose has to take this as the, the motivation for the rest of his career, that he would never want to be in this place again. Of where he's on the pre-show and seeing all these guys pass him up while he has a ridiculous year. He was the number one overall draft pick to SmackDown. He was a world champion. He was an intercontinental champion. All of a sudden, you're not on WrestleMania, bro. I don't care what anybody says. The pre-show ain't WrestleMania. Agreed. Um, yeah, I. for me, I, I just don't understand... He needs a heel turn. And it's so, I, I just don't understand. Yeah, probably. What it, well, actually, what it really needs is like a consistent character that's not on this wacky, goofy shit no more. Like he need like for him, he needs to actually re- like 
you look at all the people that he has got comparisons to, like as far as like people from the past, like whether it's Terry Funk, Austin, or Piper, and like you hear those names, and like now at this point, like before he had this, before he even had to run as like the like the super killer guy. I mean, he sort of had a run when he was chasing after Seth, but that was so short of amount of time that it, it like now we'd have a whole bunch more of the you know the what Steve Austin, the goofy ass, like, the goofy, nutty, crazy... Old man, Terry Funk. Non-nutso Piper. Oh, Piper, gotcha. And, like, that we have now, as opposed to, like, Piper, back when Piper was a killer, or when Austin was out here, you know, home invading, or, you know, or or chasing chasing down Hitman... Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we don't have we don't have enough of that to be like to be able to reconcile that against all this clown shit we've gone from him. So you're saying, he, you know, more or less just since SummerSlam or since he won the belt, honestly, or going into SummerSlam, where he's just like this overconfident prick of a baby face to to to, uh, to, to Ziggler, and then he's this guy that got screwed by AJ and he's chasing forever, but like he's been too, doing too much comedy stuff, showing up to fucking stadiums with like. The gigantic Buster Rhymes, give me some more cowboy foam hat on. Like, so what you're saying, James, is he doesn't have any insurance? No, nah, they 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 booked them. They booked them into a gig. Like there are certain guys. Like it's weird because you look at SmackDown now with with Cena gone. Like Rollins, I'm sorry, Rollins, uh, Orton and Edge are the only guys that aren't geeks. On the, that are it's really bad. In Nakamura, male singles. Yeah, and Nakamura. Oh, Nakamura. And he's Nakamura just, just debuted. Yeah. Like, they beat the break. I mean, I guess you can say Miz, but they just beat the brakes off Miz, but I was, I would still say Miz. So, they have Miz, they have Nakamura, AJ, and Orton. Like, Ziggler was 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 a main event guy. It was a, a guy that could be thrown into the main event and had redeemed himself after being killed for years, and they made him a geek right again. Yep. Uh... Ambrose, they have systematically, they have systematically destroyed this man. Systematically, put the screws on. Bray Wyatt, they have systematically destroyed too. Yeah, putting putting the screws to dudes like for for literally John Cena and Randy Orton out there ruining SmackDown. Like (laughs) we we gonna elevate those two, and we and we we gonna take we gonna put AJ Styles out on the island with Shane McMahon. Bray Wyatt, we gonna make you a punk. And Dean Ambrose, get it like the Red Cross. You're going to be on the pre-show and fight uh, Baron Corbin. Another dude's losing his but, hair. But they, but the, the thing with them is, like, they don't see it that way. They see it as, well, you know, we're going to, we're, we're trying to get, you know. Familiarity. We're, no, we're trying to get Cor- Corbin over. It's like, all right, well, if you want to get Corbin over, let him fucking win a WrestleMania then. Yeah. Or fight someone else. Like, be- which one, like, which one is it? Yeah. Um, like, like, I, I, like, bro, like, you don't get to, nobody gets elevated by beating them unless they get to showcase their talents while losing, right? Or taking most of the match. Like, they did none of that. They, they didn't. Even, they had. They had a a, a a walkthrough of a match on the pre-show because they were probably pissed that they that they you know that they got fucked. And there you go. And I mean. I want to say that Corbin got fucked, or Dean got fucked, given the year he had. But given given what he's been given, where like 
their 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 heat for their feud is you know I beat this dude fair and square. This dude cheap shot at me and beat the hell out of me, and then like the next week he beats me up some more. Like, and then I screw him out of a one like I screw him out of a match that had no stakes when when uh, Dean Ambrose screwed or or uh, screwed Corbin in a match against Orton like two weeks two three weeks ago. Like there was nothing there, and then they 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 basically had their promo heat for the feud on the uh, talking smack, and not actually on the on the show. Like it's it, just a failure, yeah. flat out failure. Yeah. Um. Obviously, we talked about the show length um, before. It, it was a really long show. Uh, yeah. It, we I, I started watching the WWE Network at five o'clock. Turned it off just after midnight. On that show, um, they've they've got to figure this out. There's been a lot of talk of this two day WrestleMania thing, where you could do a three and a half hour card each day. Could do something like that, but it's they're gonna to have to figure a lot out to do that. Um, How are you gonna, like? If you're gonna do that, that means you got to make sure. If you're gonna do that, you have to absolutely do everything in your power to avoid the NCAA tournament weekend, yep. the Final Four weekend, and you also have to figure out how to do this to also avoid uh, Easter weekend, Easter yep. Sunday. Yep. Ooh. <laughs> Rough. Um, so, good luck with that. I mean, I, I think I think WrestleMania next year is going to be April 8th, so I think they avoid that, but who knows? Yeah, WrestleMania has never been on my birthday. It's always like April 8th, or I think April 8th is like the latest day they've ever done it. If I'm not mistaken, they also did it April 8th on um, I think WrestleMania 8, or that was no, that was April 5th, I think. Um, why, why would you need to remember something like that? Just weird because my birthday is always around WrestleMania, so I always look at the dates WrestleMania is, and it never is lined up for my birthday, so it's, it's weird. Like, <laughs> um, they, wait, I thought WrestleMania 30 was on your birthday. No, that was like uh, it was April 7th. My birthday was that following Tuesday. Ah. Gotcha. Um, we basically two and one it. Okay, right, gotcha. Right. Um, they, uh, you regret not going to WrestleMania, James. I thought it was a really good show, but ultimately, no. Same here. Uh, I've been hot as fuck in that, in that arena with all the, that, that body heat and me feeling like shit. And, yeah. Uh, I don't regret not going at all. We still would have had to, had to be on the road for two hours after that. Like, nah, man. Like, that... That that would have not been the heat in these streets. Um, more Ronaldo. Uh, it looks like he's going to be gone from WWE. He's removed everything away from his Twitter, and WWE's also removed his stuff. Uh, he's and it's being reported that he's going to sit out the remainder of his contract uh, and not be on WWE TV. His contract expires in August. Uh, this raises a bunch of issues, like as far as um, the bullying in whatever type of beef he's had with JBL, um, it is a really, really serious situation. Uh, as far as, like, Mauro Ronaldo goes, uh, he's well-known. Uh, he's on the record as, like, uh, a spokesman for for, uh, for being bipolar and mental health, mental health awareness. And basically, like, you know, with WWE and their corporate persona and the Be A Star campaign and, this other stuff that has gone on just in this company over the years, this is becoming a huge story that, like, folks are, like, about to, like, kick the door in on WWE on it. Meltzer's done, like, an incredible job kind of, like, 
balancing it where he's like, all right, I'm not supposed to like really say this, like he, how he's gone from that a couple of weeks ago to basically saying, okay, this is what's going on. This is not bullshit. People are clearly hitting me up about this. Um, I have sources. And then Desmond picks it up. And it just keeps spiraling out of control from there. Forbes Forbes has a story up on it, too. Forbes.com. So, like, what do... Do they need to just get rid of JBL? Do you see that happening, James? You know, as much as we would love JBL to go from a commentary standpoint, you know, he's been to drizzle shits, but whatever. I mean, look, if if the Heat gets too hot, they'll drop anybody, right? Like, they drop Ho Hogan. Right. So, who knows, for, you know, if they come down to it, if, if, if the block's too hot, they'll let, they'll let, they'll drop them off, right? But, um, I, I would say for me, looking back at the recount of, like, did you hear the story about Edge? Yes. And JBL? Yes, where Edge was in the shower... And then JBL came in there, and this is where Edge was a young boy, essentially, or a young guy. I do. Like, that is sexual assault. That's unequivocally, that is unequivocally sexual assault. And, like, and you wouldn't normally think about that, like, with, a, uh, with another male, but the definition of it lines up correctly. Like, so... Like so, so beyond the whole part of like whether whether or not JBL should be, you know, and this is and this is written in a and this is written in a WWE published book, right? That story. So by Edge. So for me, like whether the debate the debate of it being whether or not he should lose his job is like, well, for this, I don't know. Should he have a job? See it after I hear that story. Fuck no. He should have been fired like on the spot when that happened. You even high bars. <laughs> Um, Speaking to the culture um, of WWE, like this, it, you know, it's like they're saying this kind of behavior is like encouraged and. But but here's, here's the thing, right? With the, with the hazing shit, like the hazing bullying shit, like that kind of story is not anything that is anything dissimilar to any of the stories you hear on outside the lines about um, March about or even uh, even FAMU when uh, when the guy died a few years ago yeah. about hazing and marching bands or any institution that 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 like basically lets the inmates run the asylum, yeah. for lack of a better word, right? So that's how you end up with situations like this, where you, you, and you always hear the stories about the, the ribbing and all this other stuff, but, like, bro, like, there's there's a line. There There's absolutely a line, and, like, I don't know where the line is, but, like, once you start soaping up a dude in the shower's ass uh, without his permission... Like, that line's been clearly passed. Like, I know the evolution thing, like, you cross the line in the sand, yeah, motherfucker, that, that's way past <laughs> That's beyond the pale. That's, that's, that's bullshit. Yeah. Um, like, so, I don't, so, like, but to go back to the moral thing, like, the, the I mean, that's unfortunate in seeing that, like, and me and you talked about this. If this was, if this was the NBA, if Mark Jackson had like basically been burying uh, Mark Mike Breen on commentary, and it came to a head to where Mike Breen's about to like having having issues because he has mental issues. Mark Jackson be gone. Yeah. Like, if this was any other thing, like if this was any other situation where it comes down to you got, there's a line, there's a, there's a, it's either it's a uh, ultimatum, either me or him, play by play guy or color guy. The color guy got to go. 
unless he's John Gruden making an obscene amount of money that makes it to where you can't fire him. Yeah. Unless he does something like, in, in far as like morally corrupt, right? Where he all of a sudden, you know, unless he has Hulk Hogan take video, like that's the only way you fire him, right? Like, so for me, this makes no sense. Like, you are favoring the play, the color guy to the play-by-play guy. This is stupid. Yes. Uh, not not only just a play-by-play guy. He, he's their best commentator to come along since Jim Ross. Like, <laughs> I, I, don't even, I don't even want to get into that. I'm just, I'm not, I don't even want to get into the part of how good he is at his job or how good he is or, or whatever. If he, or actually not by far as God, how good he is historically. Like, if he is the better commentator between these two, and he's the play-by-play guy, the other guy got to go. Unless he's the, unless he runs the promotion. Right. And I think so therein lies your issue. So for, me, for me, it just doesn't make sense. Before you even get into the, the part about, like, JBL's history and his track record of being an asshole. Before right. you even get into that. Right. Um, I think it's absolutely terrible. Like, the more we're learning about uh, men- mental health... And seeing how people respond to not only bullying, but, like, the culture of the wrestling business tied in with that. Uh, why would Moro Ronaldo get shit for retweeting an award for best announcer? That's ridiculous. The, yep. the thing with it, like, it's just sad because he made SmackDown such, like, more of an exciting, like, place to be. It felt different from Michael Cole. It felt different from... Everything else on on, on the uh, whole promotion, we saw him during the CWC. Had, right, I remember saying uh, maybe a few months ago that like you look at all the people in the announce in the announce teams, like the only people that have credibility, like credibility of like what they're saying isn't like bullshit most of the time or even half the time, is like Graves, uh, Morrow, and Renee, like a part of the entire like coverage team. Backstage, like the backstage interviewers, uh, play-by-play guys, color guys, those are the only three people. And they just lost, and it looks like we're not gonna, one of those is going to be, are just leaving. Like, it is very unfortunate. Yeah. Um, looks like they're going to end up uh, pulling Jim Ross back in for selective dates for a two-year deal. But that'll go until they treat Jim Ross the wrong way, which, you know, they can do at any time. Um, oh, yeah. When's the next time we're going to Oklahoma? <laughs> they may fire him out there. Again. Um, you want to talk about any of this Raw and SmackDown stuff before we get up out of here? Uh, yeah, I mean, we can talk a little bit about trades. Like, okay, so if you want, like, if there was a trade that you could think of, like, before, like, just put aside, like, what we already know is going to happen. If you could come up with a trade right now, like, what would it be? Like a, a good trade for in your eyes, what would you do? I would between the brands. I would trade um, Bray Wyatt for Braun Strowman in a heartbeat. Uh, let send Braun Strowman over to SmackDown. You can make him a champion easy, er, and you have a monster heel for all them dudes to fight. And eventually, somebody got to go beat that man, uh, and you can run that story until about the end of the year. Uh, Bray Wyatt, you get him on on the Monday Night Raw, so there's like more of a variety of things for him to do. Like, he's not stuck in a feud where he's just like, uh, I mean, Bray Wyatt's, all his feuds are going to be the same. So this is more of a Strowman to SmackDown thing. They just got to take somebody back on Raw uh, of equal or lesser value. 
So, yeah, I think that that would probably be one. Okay, um, I'm going to go a little weird on this. I would trade Stephanie Hunter and Kurt Angle to SmackDown for Shane and Daniel Bryan to have them switch brands. So, huh. like, um, so basically, like, if you're going to have the Monday show and we're going to have somebody come out there and cut a 20-minute promo, the mandatory 20-minute promo to open the show, then, let it, like, let it, be someone we it, like. Does need to be, it does need to be Stephanie or Hunter half the time. Hmm. That's different. So, like, I think that would lighten the mood of the show. And I mean, I, mean, I said this when, you know, they gave Shane Raw for however long after WrestleMania 32. Like, it wasn't much of a change, but it did feel so much better to not have, like, Stephanie and Hunter ins- insult me for watching their, their, their fucking wrestling program every <laughs> single week. Yeah. Um, let me look through the SmackDown roster. Um, I think you can make a case like uh, you gotta get Sami Zayn on the Smackdown somehow so for Sami Zayn I think you can trade him straight up at this point for um, for for the Miz like or, or not, not the Miz I would say Sami Zayn for Dean Ambrose uh, you, you, you basically you can make you can build the Intercontinental Title Division around Sami Zayn and let him have raw ass matches, and you send Dean Ambrose to smack or back to Raw, so you get the little Shield shit together, and then you turn all them boys back heel, and maybe they all figure their careers out. Huh. Okay. Um. Well, you could do that. When you, or, said, when you said, well, I was like, well. <laughs> oh, my God. You could do that or, like, at least at least for the beginning until they do, like, if you do that trade, you could do Finn Balor in the Bullet Club versus The Shield for, yeah. like, a month or two or three. Good. Good. And, and then after that, turn them all heel or whatever. Uh, I'm going to say Sasha Banks. In a trade for this is dependent on Sasha turning hill on Bailey and then leaving. Okay. For heat. Uh so she's coming into the into the territory heel. And you trade her for I don't know, Alexa Bliss probably. Mm, I, I don't think Raw gives nothing out of that. Like <laughs> like that's a big really? win for SmackDown. Like, because Elizabeth Bliss ain't no wrestler like that, and then she's gonna have to play second fiddle behind um, behind Charlotte the whole but time. But that immediately gives, but that immediately gives you somebody for for Bailey to fight, right? Yeah. She she has the she has the potential to turn face. She she's not. I don't think she's like uh, necessarily like a uh, like a Charlotte or a Sasha to where it's like it's so obvious that they need to be a heel. And that can, um, I think the women's trade I I might do is Charlotte for Mickey James, and and you bring Mickey James off to Raw, and you still got Bailey and Sasha who still have unfinished business, and you can have a parallel women's feud with Mickey James pretty much against anybody, and then you send Carme- or Charlotte into that to that, to that den of uh, sharks in that SmackDown women's division, all them folks ready to shoot on Charlotte on the mic. Okay. Like, 
I see. It's funny because we talked about this off air about like, yeah, bro. Like there are two clear stars. Like Sasha and Charlotte need to be like different brands, and they can do their own thing on on their own terms. Yeah. But they need to be away from each other because they're they're taking up to a spotlight specifically at this point in time. Charlotte is like the way they're doing with the women on Raw. Like there's no room for for Sasha to be the star that she is. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like uh, let's see. Well, I would say the tag. I mean, knowing what we know about the tag thing is going on, it's kind of hard to uh, really uh, say anything. Um, let's let's look around at the mid card. Um, if you traded, well, Jericho would never go, but <laughs> Jericho might pull that Shawn Michaels and be like, "I refuse." Yeah, I'll dock your pay. Dock it. I don't give a damn. I'm not leaving Monday. Like that fucks up the gimmick. Can you imagine Tuesday night Jericho? Yeah, that's funny. That was fucking the gimmick. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a, a, a big trade. So, I'm going to take Cesaro, Sami Zayn, and Rusev, who will be back in two months. So, all the guys that should have been on SmackDown in the draft to begin with? And I'm going to trade them for Randy Orton and... Let's see. And Dolph Ziggler. Randy Orton and Dolph Ziggler for those three. And then you let them three, like, anchor the mid-card and just, and just fucking kill it. Like, and then you, you get some more veteran presence on Raw because it, it gets real thin uh, as far as veterans go because there ain't no Brock around. Jericho's going to leave. And you just got a lot of new faces, so you get some familiarity on Raw and dudes uh, basically to lose to, to other guys. That are out there, or even win, you know, in Orton's case. Okay. Um. Mm-hmm. Trying to think of a good one. I think there should be a trade of Samoa Joe for. Samoa Joe for the Usos. Huh. Samoa Joe for the Usos. I think the Usos would get lost in the tag team division on Raw right now. You think so? Unless they, uh, actually, no, I take that back. The New Day, you, I think you should trade Samoa Joe and the New Day. Like, you should, you should expand on that trade. I, okay, somebody got to go. I can't, think of, I can't think of a single guy, I, or, okay. For the betterment of SmackDown, this for that that show that that trade was so one sided, so I can't even really do that. Um, because the the SmackDown tag division already kneecapped enough. Like, <laughs> oh, so, my, well, my whole thing is this: like, if they don't care about the division, I don't need to put money into the division. I don't need correct. to put people into the division if they don't give a damn, right? Correct. Like, if they're going if they're going to come out here and have three men's fuse and three women's fuse concurrently in a two hour show. We ain't gonna never have time for no tag matches. Right. So, so we're gonna you know, break, we like gonna break up uh, American Alpha too. Made the boys Look, singles. Tag, bro, that tag division is obsolete. You yes, know? You so, may as well just you know get just might as well just just fold it up. How about this? Samoa Joe for the entire tag division. Boy, you Smackdown. Dumb. Boy, you, dumb. you can have you can have all of them. You can have Fandango and, and Tyler Breeze 
Like you can have the ascension. You can have well, one by villain, one by villain, but well, you can have all them. You can have Slater and and, uh, and, and Rhino. You have all them though, all the boys. Wow. Um, let's see who else I could trade. Uh, I mean, this is kind of the obvious trade. It's Roman Reigns for AJ Styles. Like, <laughs> swap them. Oh and no! All right, so we would hate SmackDown if, though. In that case, if you trade AJ, I'm oh, sorry, not do that. If you trade Reigns to SmackDown, that means you run the risk of getting a like in like three months getting a Bray Wyatt versus Roman uh, feud again. Holy fuck, we, bro! It's like when once Bray Wyatt fights a dude, it's like you never want to see them fight each other again. Exactly. Like. Um, his fuse don't so, leave you want more. So, if if they're actually, I mean, they're not doing this, but like, if you were to say, like, yeah, we're actually going to have Bray Wyatt or or Randy or sorry, Roman Reigns be the heel. Yep. Then having him turn on Dean Ambrose would be cool, and having Dean Ambrose chase after him for revenge would be cool. We we know that works for him. Yes. Um. Um. Now AJ, on the other hand, AJ like. We talked about this. All the top guys on Raw right now seem to be paired off with other guys. So Samoa Joe is going to be paired off with Seth Rollins. Kevin Owens is going to be paired off with Finn Balor. So where does that leave AJ? Oh, it like the only other dancing partner really is like Braun Strowman. Go in there and get Strowman over. Like, well, Strowman and Reigns are paired off. Well, I meant like if the trade happens, they they won't. Be. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you could say you can have him fight Sami Zayn as a, in a placeholder feud until Man, like the everybody show. they clear up the. Oh my god! Look, Big Show baby face AJ still a heel as far as I know. He he not a face yet. Dude, no more no more top guys going against Big Show and Kane for feuds. I'm done with bro, that shit. Those I, days I, I'm rolling. telling you, bro. That like if you're looking at it, like you know what they would do. They're like, well, he is a giant. I mean, look at him. <laughs> See what AJ can do with him. Hey, at least we know AJ can hit his finisher on him. What? The, oh yeah, you can't, ain't gonna be no, ain't gonna be no uh, uh, Styles Clash. Nah, though. ain't no Styles Clash, but it, but it, it, it will be a phenomenal forearm out there. You, could you imagine him trying to make the big show submit? That'd be hilarious. <laughs> with a calf crusher? Yes. Meanwhile, his calf is like the size of, of uh, AJ's torso. Correct. Um, it'd, be, it'd be adorable. It'd be like watching. It'd be like watching a kid. It'd be like watching a, a, a an adult like play Russell with <laughs> play Russell with his like four year old out there. Put put his hand out over over his head and watch him swing. Yeah. Um, we, we got. So let's talk about the call ups real quick. The revival got called up. The top guys. Um, you know, the whole crowd was cheering for them. They went ahead and beat the New Day. Uh, Ty Dozier got called up. And then, uh, was there some, was there another call up on Raw? Or no? No, those are only two. And then, of course, we got uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, who looked like the most over guy in the business. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, off of just an entrance. It's amazing. Now, we have seen Nakamura at NXT, what? Or I've been, I've seen him on, on NXT house shows twice. Yeah. Um, was he? No, he wasn't. Uh, so, looking at it now, like, so we, because we were at TakeOver, 
Orlando. In the in the theater, in the, the Amway, like his entrance in front of like you know fifteen plus thousand people is almost like a religious experience. Yes, that's the best way I can put it. Like with that crowd going nuts, the strobe lights going off, that dude going, like that dude dancing around like like a crackhead, like <laughs> like a jug, <laughs> yeah, just like a jug. Like it, it is. It, it, it it's it's like it's something that you just can't. It's almost like spiritual, like really, like like welcome, welcome to the religion this, of Nakamura, like <laughs> bow yeah, down and, and worship. Out, and when that dude comes out, like came out on SmackDown, it was like, wow, like that dude, like you can say what you want to about you know. I don't think he'll have a problem getting over like to to the quote unquote casual audience. I, I think people like, get it know, already. Yeah, but you know how people always say the whole thing about like you know uh, the yet the yes chance for over to Daniel Bryan. Good God! To the same, I hate those the same people. thing like the like the like, you know the uh, the fireflies in the crowd make you know make Bray Wyatt seem more over than he actually is. That one might be true, but this shit that on Tuesday, like this is a dude that like in. It is, it is weird because you know how they, you know how WWE picks and chooses when like competition is actually competition. Right. When AJ showed up, they put over the fact that he was a two-time I, I, uh, IWGP champion. Yeah. When when Nakamura showed up, they didn't mention none of that New Japan shit. They were like, "Yeah, this dude was NXT two-time or one-time two-time champion or long-rated champion, and he's legit." And then the crowd lost their minds. Like, oh, they're trying to take credit. I think I think they're actually. I mean, I understand he's he spent way too much time down in NXT, but like I think they're actually really going to do right by him on the main roster. And if they do, we're going to be in for a lot of really good wrestling over the next uh, uh, few years or whatever. So yeah, I, um, I hope they don't fuck it I'm up. Really, I'm, I'm optimistic. Like he he should be in a top three WrestleMania match next year. Like and I don't know if this is my hill to die on uh, over the next coming year. You know how they fucked AJ this year and gave him uh, Shane. I still insist that he was fucked because he should have been wrestling for the title or in the top three matches. Yeah. Um, yeah. This guy is clearly like Nakamura. It, this is a gift sent from them from Japan. Like yo, hey, bro, he is like he's the dude that single handedly brought me into New Japan. I can't even like okay. So when AJ showed up day one on, 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 at Royal Rumble, he was presented as a as a as a big time star. I guess like the way that, but even then, like he wasn't he what he got at Royal Rumble wasn't what he got what uh, Nakamura just got in Orlando. Right, right. And it's the same stadium. Correct. Now, I don't so, know if that's a, like folks have had time to marinate on that entrance, but I remember his first entrance last year at Dallas, and it, it was damn near coming through the television when I was watching it. Yeah. It was just like this guy, like he was clearly he made all the tickets move in Dallas last year. He had the best match of the weekend last year, and then you know through the year, like I, I felt like Nakamura's got a little bit of that. You know, he's obviously a veteran, so he sees the stage that he's on. I feel like he mailed in a good part of that year last year. I think all that mailing it in shit is over, personally. Like I think he's about to come out there and just start 
alright, by the reel off this greatness, well, I'm already a Wrestling Observer uh, Newsletter Hall of Famer before I ever stepped foot in this company, like... <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think that's what you expect at, um, for big matches. I don't think he's going to be doing this on... I mean, maybe he does this for his first SmackDown match, or no. Oh, I, I know it's not more TV like, match. Actually, like. no. If I were him... I wouldn't even if I were, if I were doing this, I wouldn't even put him in position to even like have that kind of match until you got to a a a, a pay per view. Yeah, like I would have him just I would have him just like kill guys. Like I would have him bring I would have him crush Ziggler. Yeah, just fuck him, just beat him. <laughs> but um, yeah, like like Nakamura's like on some other shit. He's like, I'm so excited, so excited. Hopefully, um. You know the the English won't be a huge deterrent for him. Like hopefully they they figure this out uh, how to script him. Maybe that's what his time in NXT was for. Like them trying to craft a game plan, something like that. But um, I'm very excited. Of, they should do a lot of backstage and pre tape stuff with him. Yes, a lot of those 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 sit down interviews where he's in a controlled environment. Like if you can do it for Brock Lesnar, you can do it for this guy. Like if you can protect Roman Reigns' talking ability, you can do it for this guy. Like. Get it done, WWE. Like, and by SummerSlam, like, you can either you, you can have that man fight Cena if you, if you want Cena to show up. Like, but I feel like that's a SummerSlam match in the making. Cena and Nakamura, run it. Why? So that so that uh Rumble, or so that AJ? I'm sorry. So that Cena can get his win back at Royal Rumble? I hope not. You know, just go away. You know, as he just start start doing jabs. You know, clean clean jobs out there. Um, well, yeah, that, that, that'd be it, bro. Literally, almost anyone on the roster, like, that has a big name, is a dream match against Nakamura. Like, AJ Styles versus Nakamura, Randy Orton versus Shinsuke Nakamura, Roman yep. Reigns versus Shinsuke Nakamura, <laughs> Rock Lesnar, Seth Rollins, yes. Kevin Owens, yes, like Cesaro. Like, yeah, bro. Like we we just got another dude to just fall into our laps out here, like, and they just been keeping them tucked tucked out here. And then and, that, and that's the beauty. And that's the beauty about like, like when you treat a guy like an actual top guy. Like, think about it like this: AJ still has a shitload of guys he can still wrestle for paper on pay per view matches. He can still do Kevin Owens. He can still do Seth Rollins. He can still do Samoa Joe. He can still do. Uh, he can. St- uh, sorry, he can still do Randy Orton if they if they want him to. Yep. He can still do Bray Wyatt if, if, if that's something they want to do. Like, there's so many guys from that, that dude to still have fused with because he's only been around for, like, a year in, or 15, 16 months or whatever, and every feud he's been on has mattered. Yep. Like, if you make this shit matter, you won't have to blow through so much stuff. Oh, it's amazing. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's <laughs> anything else you want to talk about. I mean, Roman Reigns got this shit boot out of him. Like, I ain't never seen no shit like that. Like, maybe yeah. the, the 2006 Cena ECW thing, like, that was on that uh, level. One night only yeah. against, uh, uh, against uh, Edge, Van Dam. Yeah, against Van Dam, And then Edge came out with that spirit that, fuck you, Cena, fuck you, Cena. Just just repeatedly, no break. Like, it was that fuck you Roman, essentially, uh, on live television at 8 o'clock at night where curse words were coming through. Uh Roman Reigns, I thought I handled it wonderfully. I obviously would have liked to hear what he actually would have said uh, following the storyline. But uh, 
I think they should have, like, I, I, I want to say, I don't know who made the point in the group today. I think I liked their comment and shoot Saturday. It was like, if you're giving Roman all that shit, why didn't you give, like, most of that shit to Vince, like, when he came out there? Like, they should, like you should have let Vince hear it probably, too. That's your one chance to really talk to him. Well... Yeah. I mean... <laughs> hey, Vince, fuck Roman Reigns. Fuck Roman Reigns. Fuck Roman Reigns. There was a fuck Roman Reigns chant or, or something about... There was a, a negative chant about Roman Reigns yes, while he was Vince. out there. Yes, what? but they didn't keep it going for whatever reason. Like, he was like, oh, that's how you feel. Like, he said it, like, real, like, kind of slick, smooth, but... Um, but, it, but, okay, but it's... It, okay, so here's the thing with Vince... Vince is good enough with the mic to where like he, he like he he start, he'll start talking and, he, and he'll like out, and he'll just basically eventually like overpower the crowd. Stephanie can overpower a, a Rosh's crowd. Triple H now can do that. Uh, Heyman can do that. Uh, Vince can do that. Uh, the Miz. I think other people, huh? The Miz can do that. When my hand goes yeah. up, your mouth goes Vince shut. Yeah, Vince can do that. <laughs> Cena can do that. Like, they didn't even bother even trying to do that with with, uh, with Roman, right? But Vince enough did enough to where he's like, all right, like get your shit in. And, uh, and apparently Goldberg can do it too because he did it uh, at on the at, at the end of uh, Raw. Yeah. But I'm trying to be serious. There are some guys where like, look, man, like cut through the bullshit. Like I'm not here for your CM Punk chance. Fuck out my face. Like I got to get my shit in. I only got so much time. Shut up. And I'm and I'm just gonna over. I'm gonna oh, talk over you until you stop talking because you sound like an idiot. So this is one of those people. Yeah. Yeah, man. I've yeah that that that, that intro to Monday Night Raw was something to behold. And, and I mean, and I will say this: seeing how that pro that that in quotation marks promo went with Roman Reigns, like. There's only so much shit you can give Vince seeing that Vince just gave this thing knowing that it's playing on the fact that y'all don't like Roman Reigns. So, like, you booing him, like, they're positioning him to where, like, you you shouting down Vince over Roman Reigns is only going to make him want to push him even more. It's unfortunate. To, I don't think he's listening. I think he's just listening to the um, to the volume rather than what's being said by it. <laughs> but... We're, for better or for worse, we're we're now in this in this space with Roman Reigns where it, the uh, it's always been there, like, but it's really on now. Like, it's Roman Reigns versus the fans. Like, is it, and I feel like we we're going to rename that award uh, this year for Roman Reigns, most hated wrestler. Yeah, that, not most most hated wrestler or the IWC award, like the Roman oh, yeah. Reigns versus the Fan fans IWC Reigns. award. Uh, but we're a little, we, we went a little long today, but that was to be expected with the WrestleMania review and some Monday Night Raw talk and everything else. Uh, James, anything else you want to mention before we get up out of here? Uh, what, in about, what, in about 50 minutes, it'll be my dog's birthday. It will so, be. I, 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 by the time y'all hear this, uh, uh, it will have been my birthday, April 9th. Uh, yeah. Birthday. About to celebrate. 
My dog getting my dog is getting older in age, but meanwhile he's at he's doing younger shit as he's getting older. That man got a do rag on right now, y'all. <laughs> that man got braids. That man got braids underneath the do rag right now. That man's acting younger. That man's doing younger shit as he's getting older. Yeah, you know, gotta 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 make sure you know I enjoy my time. You know, before you know the, the eventual day I have to come home. You know, uh, I don't think it's anytime soon. The hairline is strong. You know, I, I want to add. But, you know, that could change at any time. You never know. But, um, yeah. Uh, shit. That birthday to me, I guess. <laughs> I may put this stuff over. <laughs> All right. That's going to wrap up the show. Hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, to start going through the beginning of the new year in WWE, essentially. Uh, you guys yeah. heard Mike Sempervivi at the beginning of the show. Um, if you want to go back and hear, check out the show that he was on, it was the Stuff Around Triple H preview. And if you want to just go back and enjoy the WrestleMania week uh, that we did, we put in a lot of work here on One Nation Radio. We did like six or seven shows. I can't remember. Like a whole bunch of, of shows. I think it was seven. Because we did like the six big, wait. Yeah, we did the six the six really big matches on the card. So yeah, we did the, uh, we did the Goldberg match or we did both title matches, the Undertaker match, uh, the, the Seth match, the women, the women, we did both women's matches and Owens and Jericho. And Owens and Jericho. So actually we, we did six. We did six. I guess, did we talk? I guess, I guess we did leave off, uh, the, uh, the couple's tag. Yeah. So well. we did six shows. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and then, you know, on top of this show, so that's like seven shows of WrestleMania coverage. If you guys uh, care to check that out, uh, I had fun doing that last week. Hope, uh, that can, we can figure some, something out next year where we can even make it better for y'all. So, um, we're just gonna go ahead and get the fuck up out of here now. So <laughs> this is One Nation Radio. Peace. Later. <laughs>